Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I'll have some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights. But when I when I look around and I think things over. You know what? All of my days outweigh my bad days. I, I, I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly the road I ask the question Lord Lord why so much pain but he
I was getting ready to holler when it said, I won't complain. Good God Almighty. <laughs> I'm fired up, Dad. Yes, that's good. That's good. I am fired up that I won't complain. I won't complain. Yes. Good evening to everyone. God bless you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All we know that it is good when we can come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. We have none other than Apostle Alexander Lockamy himself. Let me slow down. I get excited. Apostle Alexander Lockamy from the burning bush. Yes, indeed, from the burning bush. God bless you. You can hear him each week on Thursday. From 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m., you can hear the burning bush, that hour of just intercession, that hour of wisdom, that hour of going behind the veil to find out the spiritual truth and rightly dividing the word of God. God bless you again. Apostle, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm blessed. Yes, you are blessed. I want to ask you a question, if we, if I could, a couple of questions, if you wouldn't mind. Yes. To you, what was so phenomenal about the burning bush that you called your church the burning bush? Well, I had a dream. I asked God what to name the church. And in a dream, God gave me the name of the church. And then he told me to name it the Bernie Bush Church. So in the dream, I had one of the members who opposed me said, no, you should not name it the Bernie Bush non-denomination church because we need to be a denomination. I said, no, God told me to name it the Bernie Bush non-denomination church, and that's what I'm going to name it. So my secretary comes up, you know, after we got started, and I told her to put a brochure on and I didn't tell her that. And I had told her to write and put a brochure, getting, the, you know, the information for the church and all that, the calendar ready. And she had on the calendar the burning bush, non-denomination church. And I said, God, I thank you for the wisdom. But he gave me that in a dream. Wow. And I remember the story that um, was it Moses that went up to the rock and the Lord revealed in a burning bush his miraculous power? Yes, it is. Wow, and the bush burned, and that he spoke to Moses, and also that the fire came out and wrote the commandments on the rocks of God. But that burning bush, was that one of those miraculous things that God well, yes. gave the evidence, right? Well, yes, because the fire in the bush wasn't a natural fire. That's why Moses couldn't understand, because Moses knew that a natural fire would burn up the substance that it was in. But he noticed that the bush stayed the same shape. The limbs didn't, the, he didn't see the limbs burning, the leaves weren't burning. The bush was burning, but it wasn't burning up. So Moses was astonished. How could this bush be burning with all that heat and fire in it and it yet not burn up? Because the fire in the bush was for God himself and not some natural fire. That's why the New Testament tells us that our God is a consuming fire. So what Moses saw in the bush was God a consuming fire. Good God Almighty. Woo! I tell you, you're awesome with this wisdom gift. For those of you who just tuned in, we have none other than Alexander Lockamy, 
As I told you, he is the apostle that has the wisdom gift that God speak of the gift that's in the Bible as well as the fruit. And he has that wisdom gift where he can go behind the veil and give the interpretation and rightly divide the word of truth. God bless you again. You're listening to That Burning Bush with Apostle Lockamy. Well, let me ask you this. Why do we suffer or go through fire as Christians? Because you know, uh, it was in the scripture that every man of work will be tried. The Bible said we'll be tried by fire. Our works will be tried. Sometimes he says our works may be burned, but yet we ourselves be saved. So we are tried to become better. This is how we become better. This becomes how our gifts become more effective. And this becomes how our prayer life becomes more effective. This is how our anointing becomes. See, people think that when they get Christ, they got all the Christ. But no, when you get come born again, you only got a measure of Christ. And you got to grow in Christ. The Bible says grow in grace in the amnesty of the Lord. So these trials, your fiery trials, come to help us grow in Christ and become get more of Christ. But the Bible says God gives grace according to the measure of Christ. That means you can get more of Christ than what you already have. Wow. So when we suffer with fire, as you just explained to us, that it fine-tunes us, it makes, uh, like you said, how tough is our skin, it makes it tougher, and all the fruits and gifts that's inside of us come out. But it shapes us up as believers in the body of Christ. Good God Almighty, Dad. Then I have another good question for you. Why do Christians, supposedly Christians, cause suffering to other Christians, like you may find a pastor that will cause a sheep to suffer, or those who supposedly be saved cause someone else to suffer. What is that reason if they have been saved, accepted Christ? What's going on? But they, they just fail to. I don't say. I'm not going to say they don't know the scripture. That would be wrong. But they fail to operate in the scripture. For the scripture tell us to be careful lest we devour one another. When a pastor do that to his sheep, he's about being wise for him to devour his sheep because his congregation is made up of his sheep. If a shepherd get rid of all his sheep or devour his sheep, then he he's not a good shepherd because he, he, he's destroying his inheritance, his livelihood. So when a pastor do that, he's not being wise. Yeah, because I heard uh, a system pastor say that this grace is soon going to run out for that pastor. What did that mean? Well, you know, that's totally left up to God on that right there because, you know, we can't judge how long God's going to take to, to deal with the situation. But if he keep on, he gonna, the other way he's going to run into the judgment of God. And, you know, when we run into the judgment of God, we don't know what judgment that might be. Wow. And it's sad that you find Christians persecuting Christians, but then it was the scribes and the Pharisees that persecuted Jesus, tried him before Pilate, had him hung on the cross of Calvary, and still was his brother and accusers. So is it jealousy? Was it jealousy? Why do Christians cause other Christians to suffer? Could one of the reasons be jealousy? What is it? It looked like they would know better. Yeah, with lack of understanding, you know, Jesus, when he hung on the cross and he dropped his head, he said, Lord, forgive them. 
but they know not what they do because like they said if they had known he was Christ, they would not have killed him. So Christians need to read the word of God more and do what the word said. He told them to be tender hearted one to another. Be careful lest we not throw a stumbling block in our brother way. The, the, the word of God tells us how to love one another as brothers in Christ. But we don't read it and we don't apply it when it works. See, the word of God is something that you apply. It ain't not something you just read. The Bible he, he's not he didn't know the word, but he that does the word. So you got a lot of Christians that know the word, but they keep walking in the flesh and they won't do the word. Wow, so walking in the flesh means they may condemn a brother or sister and tell them not to be honest because they are liars. Something like yeah. that. Yes. Ooh, good God Almighty. You know, I was thinking about something today that God has a tender spot, not only for his souls, but even Jesus had a tender spot for kids. He said, forbid them not, for the little animals that he made, and also for the elderly that even through uh, protocol that we're supposed to look out for our moms and our dad. Can you tell me, like I said, what do you believe? I know that's why the adversary attacked that because he knew that was special to God. Why is there such an attack on our children today, Dad? Because parents have not trained them up and brought them up in the way of God, and see that that's leaving an open that's leaving an open door for Satan. The Bible says, "Give no space to the devil." When parents don't train children up in the way they can go, then they're gonna go in the way of the world because they don't have no way of the world of going with the way of God. And and many times they get out of the will of God. And when you're out of the will of God, that means you're doing the things of the devil. And they you know what? Or whatever you're on the devil's playground, he's gonna he's gonna conquer. He's gonna he's gonna win. So we have to make sure that we do our best to train our children up in the way of God and lead the rest up to God. You know, so when he does attack, they will have that, that grace to be able to deal with it. And that makes sense because there was something on the news where a six-year-old had shot a teacher. And what you just said made a lot of sense. So it's obvious that he was trained to raise up to put a gun, to pull the trigger, maybe cowboys and Indians, or he's seen someone in the house with a gun. But how you train a child is how they're going to grow up. So that made a lot of sense what you just said, that we got to train up our children. Yes. They got they don't have anyone training them anymore. Mama working, daddy working, and got little big brother and big sister at the house keeping the children and raising them. And they don't, they're not old enough to raise their own self, but yet they've been given authority. And, 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 and it caused it chaos and it caused a problem. And when that child grew up, that child messed up because it had to raise his brothers and sisters, and was not qualified to do it. Wow. And I know, just like they said, there's about, I have seen different type of, um, I would say, cultures or groups that they take care of the older people, their mother, their father, their grandmother, their grandfather. But some of us that put them in a nursing home or senior citizen home, or leave them alone by themselves. Is there any type of scripture that say we should take care of our elderly? Well, there's a scripture that says that he that he that does not look well to his household, the works of the infidel. So then, if if that mother is your, she don't raise you, and she don't and took care of you and raise you to get talking about you got a business, it's gonna mess up your career. You got to remember, one for her, you wouldn't have no career. She the one called you to have that career by sacrifices the money she had doing without. 
uh, things that she wanted to buy so you could go to college and so you could be successful. And now that you're successful, you want to put her in a rest home because it messed up your career when you could pay somebody to keep her. I kept my mother. I kept my wife's mother, and I kept her my wife to uh, her two aunts and, 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 and until the day that they closed their eyes because I felt like it was my obligation to play a greater part than to put them in a rest home. Wow. Is anything about animals? I understand that God made animals so that we could have them as comforts and pets. Is there a reason you think why God made the animals or their scripture or anything? Well, all I know is he just made them in a the garden, and, and I just think that we shouldn't be cruel to them. I mean, if you, I'm like this. If you're going to keep an animal in a cave at home, you should take care of the animal. If you're not, then you need to turn the animal loose. Animals have feeling too. Animals can't speak for themselves. So if you're going to get have an animal, then you're not going to take care of the animal, and you need to get the animal away. Wow. That's like, like you said, the, the little animals trust us, like you said, in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Even the ones we got now depend on us for food and for water. And that I even read back in Genesis that God said we're not supposed to eat certain animals. That's how those people like bats had that hoof-type foot. Um, and then we came up with COVID. There are those that eat dogs and cats. And that God said we're not supposed to do that, and they're coming up with diseases and all. So it's, it's really, really sad that they don't honor the things that God has made for us, even in enjoyment. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm fine. I was, you go ahead. I was through. Yes, because I was just saying that he made plenty of fish and fowl in the air. He made plenty of food for us, but we don't have any right to things like that that he has given us for comfort. For children is a gift. The animals are a gift. Like you said, even our moms and dad and grandparents are a gift that we mistreat them. It's very, very sad. Well, I thank you so much. You know, I could keep asking you more and more questions and just keep going, but is there anything special or word special that you want to talk about tonight? Yes, we're going to talk about faith tonight. Amen. Yeah, we're going to talk about faith, F-A-I-T-H. We're going to talk about faith tonight. We're going to talk about the God kind of faith tonight. Uh, uh, the God, not the world kind of faith, but the God kind of faith. We got two kinds. You got worldly faith and you got godly faith. We got our faith and we got God faith. Cause faith is believing in something, but 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 with God, we believe it in God. We're not believing in something. He's not a something. And I know they're saying there's something, something within me holding the rain, but every now and then we need to tell people what that something is. That something is God. God is not a something. Uh, he, he's, he's a spirit. Uh, somebody said he's an entity. No, no, he's a spirit. He's God Almighty. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Without him, none of us would be here. So we're going to talk about the God kind of faith tonight. And, and we, we know that the, the scripture tells us in the 11th chapter of Hebrew that faith is the substance of thing hoped for and the evidence of thing not seen. So I want to jump on into this and clear up something. So I hope that when I get through this lesson tonight, that somebody will have a broader look on God and they'll be able to get a more uh, a connection with God and be able to get more blessings from God when they understand uh, the lessons. Now, we always hear about faith all the time, faith, but faith is no good. Faith is not something that you just believe and that's all it is to it. 
faith is something you believe in. When we talk about faith, the first thing we think about is God. We believe in God. We're not. Our faith is not given to us to make God do nothing. Now, faith don't make God move. Faith moves. Listen, faith don't make God move. Faith make move what God already has said. Let me say that again. Faith don't don't make God move, but faith make move what God already said. See, God already said these things. He already said he will feed the bear to the air, the land of the valley, he'll clothe us. He already said he's going to meet our need. He already said in, in Isaiah 53 and 5, by his strike, we already healed. He already gave us all these promises. So when you get ready to operate your faith, you could say, well, I move God with my faith. No, no, you didn't move God because God can't, don't need to be moved. All God wants you to do is believe him. See, when you believe God, that's when God operates, when you believe what God has already said. See, God done said it. All faith does is agree with God. All faith does is accept what God said. That's why it says he's the substance of thing hoped for, the evidence of thing not seen. So when you walk in faith, when you come to God, you're not saying, I think he's going to heal me. But 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 oh but you got to know you already healed. Oh, I know he's gonna heal me. No, I know he have healed me. I know he have delivered me. I know he have worked this problem out that I brought to him. You got to come to God with faith, knowing that it's already done. We remember the story when Jesus was walking with his disciples, and the scripture said that they were walking one day, and Jesus got hungry and and walked by a fig tree, and when he got to the fig tree, the fig tree had no fig. Jesus told the fig tree to die that day. It came back by the next day, a little later on, I don't know what time of day it was. But when it came out, the disciple noticed that the fig tree had dried up to the root. Now, remember, when Jesus spoke the day before for the tree to dry up, the fig tree was still green. It was still pretty. It had the moisture in the limbs. It had moisture and water in the leaves. It was just as pretty as any fig tree could be. But when they came by the next day, the fig tree had looked like it had been dried up for weeks, months, and years. Jesus had spoke the word. And, and they said to the Lord, uh, 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 teach us that kind of faith. Give us that kind of How can we have that kind of faith? I mean, you, we were just yesterday with you, and this thing was green, and now it's dried up. I mean, he said, if you have faith, to them when they said that, because they wanted that kind of faith. He said, if you have faith as big as a muscle. See, now, I didn't say big as an orange. I didn't say big as a nickel, a dime, or a quarter, or a big as a needle. He said, if you have faith as big as a muscle. See, now, if anyone knows anything about gardening, a muscle seed is so small, if you sneeze and let it fall on the ground, you almost might. Now, don't let it fall in the sand. If it falls, it's gone. You won't find it. That's how small a mustard seed is. If it falls into anything on the ground and, and, and got any culture, you won't find that mustard because mustard seeds are so small. But he said if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, uh, and say to that mountain, mountain be thy removed and be cast into the sea and doubt not in your heart, you should have what's never to add. Now, he wasn't talking about Mount Everest, so don't you go over there trying to uh, prophesy and, and speak no faith on Mount Everest, looking for Mount Everest to move over there uh, two or three feet from where it is. That is not what he meant. But what he was saying was he's that, he's that great. He's that powerful. Only God can move a mountain. He said he's just that powerful. 
that he could move a mountain. And if you got faith to be the mother see and say to that problem, say to that situation, be moving, be casting the sea, and doubt not in your heart, you can have what's never you had. Because God is the only one who can move a mountain. He had the ability to, 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 to take a mountain and move it if he want to. And if God can move a mountain, what is that problem to, to God? So God said if you just had that little bit of faith, he said that you would be able to conquer the task. So the problem is, he said, and doubt, he said, and doubt nothing. He said, if any man come to God, he may come believe that he is God and believe that he's going to diligently reward him. And you can't doubt nothing, not nothing. It, 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 it's kind of like you're driving your car down the road, and you all of a sudden you take it and reach over there and switch it off while you're driving. Immediately, your car is going to start slowing down because you'll kill the connection, the connection is gone, and the car is going to eventually pull up to the side of the road and stop because you have no more connection until you crank it back up. This is what happened when you start trusting God and you let doubt come in. Doubt killed the connection. <laughs> doubt killed the connection with the relationship that you have with God, and now God cannot operate because doubt, that little bit of doubt, that little turn off the switch caused that car to stop, that little doubt that came in there, him to cut God from bliss. He said, don't even let that person think they're going to receive anything. God. He didn't say that person was lost. He didn't say that person wasn't born again. He said, let that person think he will receive nothing from God because he did not believe God. He said, you got to believe, not only you got to believe that, 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 that he's God, but you got to believe he's going to reward you for your faithfulness, for you're going to Bible study and prayer meeting and revivals and going to church every Sunday and getting up every morning serving in God and, and whatever you do in your Christian life to be a blessing to others with the gift that you have, or whether you're preaching or teaching or prophesying or evangelizing or the Sunday school teacher or ushering at the door, the steward in the church, whatever you're doing in the ministry, know that God is going to reward you. You don't even have to ask God to reward you. Something you don't even have to ask for. Just like a baby in the morning, a baby uh, in the morning, a baby don't get up asking his mama. A baby don't get up asking mama to give him no no breakfast. Get up asking mama to feed him. That baby already knows that mama gonna feed, and mama knows she's gonna feed the baby. And the baby already knows that mama gonna feed it that that morning every morning. So you, to some things, the Bible said, don't even worry about. Uh, uh, he said, if I feed the bird or the air, if I clothe the lily of the valley. Will I not take care of you, O ye, a little faith? So faith doesn't, remember, faith does not move God and make God do nothing, but all faith does is agree with what God already said. And when you agree with what God already said through faith, God's going to move miraculously. And all of us have different measures of faith. You heard of great faith. You heard of little faith. You heard of no faith. Jesus told the man that came to him and wanted Jesus to heal his servant, uh, uh, Jesus told him, uh, go home. Uh, uh, your servant already healed. Because Jesus said, this man got great faith. This man told the Lord to listen. I'm a man of authority. I know what authority is. I'm a soldier. I have means other me. And I know what it is to have authority that when you speak, it get done. And Jesus, I know you're a man of authority greater than me. So you speak the word. Don't go going to my house no five and six days away. Speak the word, Jesus, and my servant to be healed. This is what this man said to Jesus. And Jesus was amazed. And then he turned around and said, Among all my people here in Israel, ain't that something my own people here don't have as great a faith as this man does? And the Bible said in that day, at the same time, about the hour Jesus said that, that that man's servant was healed. 
We got to believe God. We got to believe him no matter what it looked like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what nobody has said. You got to have that God kind of faith, and you got to have it every day, every minute, every hour of the day. It ain't no break in between. Just like your heart is beating, just like you are breathing, you got to you got to have that faith every moment. That's why he said that, that just, once you become born again, you don't walk in the natural. You don't walk in your, sense, your six senses no more. And you know what they are, you know, touch, taste, smell, uh, you, you know, you're seeing, feeling. You don't walk in these no more. You don't walk in your emotions no more. You walk in God. You walk, believe in God, not because you see he's going to do it, not because you feel he's going to do it, but because you know he's going to do it, because God does not lie. Uh, he, when he said it, he shall. He said, let every man be a liar, but let God be the truth. Don't get kind of excited. Let me slow down. But faith don't make God do nothing. All faith does, it may come to pass what God already said. You know, when a, when, a, when a pilot is in the air and he's navigating his plane, he has something called a navigation system. And what happened is in the navigation system is he got something called a horizon line. And on that horizon line is an airplane. And that airplane, he got to pay very attention. He had nothing else to go by. If he don't rely, his life depends on that navigation system. His life depends on that navigate on that on that horizon line. He got to trust what that plane is saying to him on that on that on that navigation system, or he a dead man. Uh, that he don't have no stoplights up there. He don't have no crossroads. He don't have no railroad crosses. All he had to go by from city to city is that navigation system and that horizon line with that plane on it. Whenever it said that plane to turn to left, that means that plane really turning left. When that little airplane on that line said that plane is turning right, it's really turning right. If that thing said that airplane is diving, that airplane is really diving. If it said the airplane going up in the air, it's really going up. It can't. See, when you're in the air like that on an airplane, your emotions can get involved, and it may feel like you that the, that, 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 that the navigation system is lying to you, and it's not accurate. So you, when it turns left, you might feel like it's going right. When it's turning right, you might feel like it's turning left. When it's diving, you might feel like it's going up in the air. So if you start operating on your emotions, you're going to wreck that plane and you're going to lose your life. So whatever that navigation system is saying, that's what you go called blind faith. you got to go on what it says, and you can't get your emotions involved, or else you're not going to make it to the airport safely because you're going to call yourself to run into somebody else or wreck the plane because you went off of your feelings. So it is with God. We have to go on that blind faith, and we can't go off of our ceiling. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Let every man be a liar. Let God be a truth. I have a lot of problems sometimes with that GPS. My wife gets on me a lot about it because I just don't trust it. But nine out of ten times, and I say ten out of ten times, that GPS will take you where you're going. I don't care you're going from here to New York from here to Texas. If you got an up-to-date GPS, it's going to take you every step away. Sometimes it don't take all of us the same way because we all might could be coming from a different location. So it ain't going to take you where it take me and take me. I'm coming from down here. You're coming from Urban. You're coming from Dunn. You're coming from Coke. 
all us, the GBS may not take us all the same route because of the fact that we all come from a different direction. But it will take us all to the location, even though it doesn't take us all the same direction. And that's where God is. God don't take us all the same direction, but he will take us all to the same location, which is the victory. The location is the victory. The location is the end. He will, and that, that most of the time, even though I don't trust that GPS, it got us all in the dead backwoods. And I remember I went to Myrtle Beach, and I'm like, wow, we're in the world. It's like I'm thinking they're going to take me on the freeway. I'm thinking they're going to take me out on, the, you know, on the main highway, I-95 and 495 and 295. It's taking me all in backwood roads and deer crosses, and I'm like, where are we at? I said, oh, my God, this thing is messing up. I, I, one time I started to just cut it off and I asked for help. But I went on and trusted, and it brought me all the way to where I supposed to go without any arrow. And it wasn't a GPS. It was me. And we do that, God, just like I do that GPS. I just don't trust it sometimes because it looks like it's taking me the wrong way. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? When it looks like God just taking you the wrong way, it looks like God just don't want you blessed. He don't want you happy. Told God one time when years ago, I said, God, look like every girl I went with, every girlfriend, a girl I went with, looked like it was a bad relationship, and it ended up, it, it ended up in cold turkey. She ended up walking out on me, and, and I'm crying. And I'm like, God, you just don't want me happy. You know what? It was that God didn't want me happy. He just didn't want me to have that, or he knew that wasn't going to make me happy. And But I wanted it anyway, and I just cried the blues. And, see, God is not moved by your emotions. God ain't going to bless you with a blessing because you crying and weeping and having a pity party because that ain't the way God, where well, he's going to let you go right on and cry, have your pity party because God ain't is to please you according to his will. And I'm so glad that God didn't give me that that I was after because he saw better. I would have never had the first lady that I'm married to on Valentine's Day. We'll be married 42 years. That would have never been if God had gave me that that I wanted. But God gave me what I needed. He gave me what he wanted me to have, a, a, a God-fearing woman, an angel from heaven, and I am truly blessed. So remember, I know it looked like you mad at God because he took JoJo away and Lisa May and, and just using names now. He took away your breath, your 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 your, your heart. He took away the thing that makes you smile more than you smile at God, and he took that away from you. But I want you to know if God shut one door, he will open up another. Oh, God ain't against you. God for you. God is on your side. God got your best interest. Like that GPS, all God trying to do is get you to the location. And you don't want to go there because you want to go cut the GPS off because you want to go your way. I don't like this one. No, I didn't like them backwoods. I like them deer crosses. I didn't like not landing wherever I was. It looked like I was lost. I told my wife, oh, Lord, we lost. Where are we at? Well, honey, when that thing brought me out to where I supposed to be, I trust it more now. I got more confidence in it because it hadn't failed me. And you should have more confidence in God today because God ain't failed you. He ain't failed you yet. What make you think he's going to fail you now? God ain't going to drop you. Oh, no, he ain't going to drop. If God throw you out in the airplane, baby, your chute going to come open. God ain't going to drop you. And you know, you know how the children of Israel thought that whenever God picked it up, Elijah, they had the audacity to think that God had dropped them over there in the woods somewhere. 
Come on, oh my God, what what kind of faith we have in God? And then they had the nerve to ask the prophet. And the prophet said, look, I was there when God took him away. He went up on a fiery chariot. They couldn't even believe that. They said, well, let us go look anyway. So for, for a number of days, they sent me and Oda all in the mountain looking for Elijah. Thought, thought Elijah was laying over in the rock somewhere, laying on the tree somewhere, laying over all where God done dropped the baby. God ain't going to drop you. If he told you he's going to take you to glory, you're going to glory. If he told you you saved, you saved. Huh? If you've been born again, you've been born again. And God don't lie in what he say he's going to do. Uh, amen. That this God kind of faith. you got to get this God kind of faith where you trust God without doubt. Trust him without doubt. Trust him knowing that he's going to do what he says. That's what faith is, to believe that God going to do what he says. I know you feel bad. I know you've been sick for a while and look like you ain't going to get well. But I come out and tell you he is going to heal you. I come out and tell you he is going to deliver you. I come out and tell you he is going to bring you out your out of your financial situation. Somebody, God, working on your finance right now. God is working a miracle in your finance right now. God getting in some situation. God getting in some circumstances. God moving in some paperwork. God moving in some people. God moving into destiny. And destiny looking at purpose. And purpose looking at a, at, 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 at a, 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 a successful end. All that's working together right now. See, God works through people. So you you that have been born again and don't want nothing to do with people, you already miss your blessings already. Why right here talking that old slack talk about man can't do nothing for me, woman can't do nothing for me. The Bible said that God uh, will, 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 will give you favor in the sight of God and man. God want to see it's gonna take God giving you favor for you to get a better job. It's going to take God getting you faithful. You get your healing and get your deliverance. Here you is talking about you don't want the man can't do nothing with me. Woman can't do nothing with me. I just love the Lord and all by myself. Well, that's where you're going to be at by yourself. So God works through people. We're in this thing together. I need you. You need me. The song that says we're all a part of God's family. We're all in this thing together. I say to the sinners, too, that talk about the church, and the church talk about the sinners. Well, I serve news to all the sinners. The Bible was written for you, too. The Bible wasn't written for the church. By itself, the Bible was written for you. So you need God just like we need God. And to the word church, we need a sinner, just like the sinners need us. We need each other. We didn't get born again not to need a sinner no more. Amen. We were sinners before we were born again. God didn't save us so we could get secluded. He didn't save us so we could get selected. He didn't save us so that we could uh, have respect for people now. Now we're just going to hang around to save folk. You still need the unsaved. You still need the ungodly. You still want to fellowship or uh, 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 hang around and be with your unsaved family. Because through your sanctification, oh, let me leave that alone. You're going to make them better. So let's talk a little bit, a little bit before we come to a close here. The Bible said, by faith, Abraham moved, not knowing where he was going. God told Abraham to move, told Abraham to move. I mean, he just packed up one day, woke up this morning, God told him, get up and move, boy. Yeah, I want you to go. He didn't even know where he was going, but he didn't ask no questions. That way we are. We got to ask where I'm going, God, where I'm going, what you're going to be doing to get there. It's none of your business what you're going to do. He'll let you know when you get there. You just get up and move. Abraham got up moving, not knowing where he was going, moving in tents day by day, night by night. He believed God, and God curved him to the G, to his location, just like that GPS curved be the murder beat. By faith, Sarah believed God and had a baby at 90 years old. Oh, women, I know y'all can highlight on this one right here. 90 years old, the one was too old to have a baby. 
I mean, I mean, even if she had the baby because of her age, it would have killed her. This is what you got to see. It would have killed her because the women dying now at a younger age. Sarah would have died because her heart couldn't take it because of her body, her body being so weak at that age. But the Bible says God strengthened her body, caused her to have a baby, and it was impossible. It was past the age that a woman could have a, uh, a baby. The, the, the organs in her body that uh, that produces a baby that would cause her to have a baby were too old. But God touched them and caused her to work a miracle. All these, they died in faith, not seeing the promise. Believe in God, even though the promise didn't come to pass. Isn't that something? But Abraham, when he would try, all of them Isaac. Now here God, God done told him now that Isaac is going to be his heir. And now he got to take that boy on top of the hill and kill the boy. But he believed it that if he killed Isaac, God would bring him back alive. See, that's what God was looking at. You got to believe, baby, that if one door shut, I know it's going to open. God ain't going to take nothing away from you that he ain't going to give it back to your hundredfold. He ain't that kind of God. And quit thinking God mad at you. God don't do that. God don't pout like that. If God were mad at you, you wouldn't have to thank it. You would know it. But the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall in the hand of an angry God. God don't have no pity party and pile around and do little bad things with you and make your tire run, go flat and, and make your car don't crank in the morning because he's mad at you. These are the things that Satan does. God wants your boy, God desires that you prosper to be in hell, even as your soul prosper. God wants you blessed. God wants you highly favored. God wants you smiling. God wants you happy. God wants you walking in abundance. God wants you walking in the overflow. God wants you walking in more than enough. Oh, God wants you walking walk, walk in a plenty. God wants you to have a gully watch, a dam break, an overflow, form a letter all in one season. God wants you blessed. Do you think that God, you, do you think that Bill Gates' son and daughter worried about what they're going to do in the morning? Do you think they worried about a financial situation here? He's one of the richest men in the world. And God said, I made Bill Gates. I made him. And, it, 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 and it, he said, I made him. He said, I made Bill Gates. And if I made Bill Gates, and he and he been a man, and his children ain't worrying about nothing, how much more do you know uh, that I made you? And I'm your heavenly father. And the earth is mine, and the fullness thereof, and the righteous shall inherit the earth. About faith, Jacob. Bled both Joseph's son, bending over died. On his deathbed, he believed that God was going to deliver the children of Israel out of Edom and take them to their promised land. He died prophesying and believing that. And you know the story. He said, when y'all leave, take my bone with you. And y'all know the story how they left. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, he made admission of the departure. and said, when I leave here, take my bone with you. <coughs> Excuse me. By faith, Moses, when he was born, his mother Believing God hid him for three months. She looked on him and told him to be a proper child. And by faith, she believed God. Because, see, Pharaoh was killing all the boy babies because he wanted them to stop growing. But she saw God. She believed God. God told her not to kill the baby. She believed God. And God turned around and made the enemy raise the baby. Ain't God good? God will make the enemy put groceries on your poet. Let your enemy talk. Let your enemy laugh. I remember the story I was told one time, how this woman was having a problem with a next-door neighbor, a lady across the street that kept questions, because she knew she was a Christian woman, because she would come out on the porch and pray in the morning, and she would talk to the Lord. 
And the woman be sitting, no, listen to her talking to the Lord, and the woman didn't like that, and she was just just ignored by that. And she was telling God one morning she come out on the porch and told God, God, my grocery low. And, Lord, I need some grocery, God. Send somebody, God. Bless me, God. And the woman took next door to her enemy, went to the store and bought a lot of groceries, bought the groceries over and put it on the woman's porch. When the woman woke up the next morning, the groceries on the porch, and uh, she she come out and started praying, Lord, thank you for the groceries. Thank you for your groceries. I know you did it, God. Thank you for the groceries. So the woman hollered across and told her, said, I didn't want to put that grocery on your porch. So the woman said, God, I thank you that you made my enemy bring me my grocery. So either way, God get the glory out of it. She thought she did something big, but God will make your enemy bring you grocery. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And when Moses became of age, he had the opportunity to become the next Pharaoh. He could have sat on the throne, but by faith he rather suffered with the people of God did enjoy sin for a season. Honey, sin only lasts for a season. Don't let sin trick you. Don't let sin make you walk out on God, give up your glory, give up give give up your, your righteousness, uh, give up your right to eternal life for just a moment of sin. Sin only going to last for a moment, but eternal eternal life is forever. So Moses refused to be called the, 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 the son of Pharaoh in order to enjoy sin. By faith, Moses, believe in God, put the blood over the door. He put the door, God told him that the death angel was coming to him. And by faith, he put the blood over the door. And the Bible said that when the death angel came through, in the land of ghosts, not one person of the firstborn died because Moses believed God. And by faith, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea on dry ground, not wet ground, not mud, and the Egyptians all were drowned. This was done by faith. By faith, the harlot Rahab, a prostitute, y'all know who she is. God could show her mercy because she believed God when the spy told her that if you if you, if you hide us and let these men find us, when we come back to take the city, we'll, we'll let you live. She believed that. And the scripture says that they hid, that she hid the spies. And then when the, when the men couldn't find them, they went all out in the woods looking for them because she told them they went that way. And while they were going to look that way, she let the fire go. And whenever they came back to Jericho and they conquered Jericho, because she believed God, they spared her life and all her family. Now, what more? Well, I could go on and on. But what more can I say to writer said? When we think about all the patriarchs of old, how the patriarchs of old were by faith, how Jericho. On the seventh day, mocked around and shouted, and God told them all down. Then you know we got Gideon. You know about we all know about Gideon. How did he believe God? And God took three hundred men and conquered. He had thirty-two thousand, but God broke it down to three hundred. See, God don't leave a large number. He just leaves faith. God ain't looking for numbers. He's looking for faithful folks, not numbers. And, and, and if you got the faith, God, you can take just what you got. Then we got Samson. Now y'all know how he was. He was a man that had faith in God, and he was strong. God God made Samson for one purpose, and that was to be a judge, to use his strength to destroy the Philistines. Whatever God made us to be, that's what we got to be. We're always trying to be something else, but we got to be what God made us to be. God made me to be one thing. He made you to be another, another person to be another. Are we all in our arms? We all in our feet? We all in our head? What if we walk around, our whole body look like a head? That we body funny looking. Our whole body look like an arm or a feet. But the body is made up of many members. 
and, 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 and we ought to operate in that calling that God called us. And then think about David. You know he killed the Goliath and many other things David did. Then we got Samuel, a mighty man of God, a prophet and a prophet indeed, a man who obeyed God and walked in the calling of God to the day he was called. And then we got all the prophets of old who, who did miracles, wrought, wrought, wrought great work, brought the dead alive again. You know, how the prophets, how they brought back the Elijah and Elisha, how the woman had lost her son, the son had died, and Elijah laid on the boy and told him to get up and live. So we got to understand that faith will move for you if you would just believe. Remember, faith is believing what God has already said. And then we got Daniel. Amen. You know how Daniel the lion then. And then we got the Hebrew boy in the midst of the fire. Look how God stepped out in that fire. Daniel did not. Daniel refused to to, to listen to the to the to the commandment that was made not to pray, and because he did, he he saw his life not in the death, and he believed God, and God went in that in, in that lion den and didn't let them die and eat him. Then the Hebrew boy believed God, and they refused. Even if it's going to cost them their life, they believed in God, and God took the heat out of the fire. So I encourage you this afternoon, believe God. Let me say again, faith does not make God do nothing. It only agrees with God have already said. God said it. He's not a lying God, and he's going to do what he says. And when we start believing God and take him at his word, we begin to see our bodies healed. We begin to see our mind regulated. We're going to become, we begin to see our marriages. Listen, God didn't tell you to take your marriage to the judge. He said, bring it to take your marriage to your bedroom, take your marriage to your closet and pray. Pray about that husband. Pray about that wife. Pray about them problems you have there in that house. And if you do, God will. And last but not least, no matter how bad it seems, so what's somebody doing you wrong? If you've been born again, God said you are not to take them to court. I'm talking to somebody now. I already took a warrant out on somebody. God said, go take that warrant up right now. That is your brother in Christ. That is your brother. That's your sister in the Lord. And the Bible says we are not to take one another to court. We are to judge our own. But God, Bible says we're going to judge angels one day. If you're going to judge angels one day, how in the world are you going to let the world judge you? And, and, and let, let them have that piano. Let them have that piece of land back there in the backwoods. Let them have that old car. It's going to tear up anyway. I've read about five more years. Let them have that material thing. The refrigerator going to knock off. I'm telling you, it is. Let them have these material things. Let your love for your family be greater than the material thing you're fighting on. So what, Mama left the living room suit to them? So what, Mama left the house to them? So, mom, so what, Mama left the garden to them? Let them have it. You love them anyhow, even though mama didn't leave you nothing, because love for one another is greater than any material thing. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's awesome. Good God Almighty. That is truly evidence of the wisdom gift. Amen. Faith is. Wow. Let me ask a question, and it's so beautiful. For those who feel as though they have to tug at other people's faith, sometimes that they're weak in their own faith. Is there such a thing that a person can intercede for somebody else to pull that faith prayer through? Well, let me say it like this and show it. I, when I first got saved, I was weak in faith. I just trust in other people's faith. I, I really didn't have much confidence in my faith. I'm going to be honest. And we would have a prayer meeting. Every, they would have a prayer meeting uh, in the afternoon at, uh, at around 12, 12 to 1 in, in a bookstore, a Christian bookstore. And there was a friend of mine. The lady was a friend of mine. And I would go there, and it was, I feel so encouraged when I leave. But I would go there, and I kept going. 
So one day I go there, and she hurts my feelings. And she told me that God said, don't come in the mouth. Trust in our faith. Say, God said, trust in your own faith, because he believed your own prayer. Oh, I was so upset. I said, that's all right. Got to worry about me. Come back. Ain't nowhere, nowhere. Here, my feelings. I feel offended. I, I rather sometimes people get offended when the truth comes because they don't want that. They don't want to hear that. So I was more offended than than anything when it was God using the woman. And I went home upset because she told me to go home and trust God for myself. I said, that's all. Right. I ain't got to come back in no more. So I went home and I prayed a prayer and God answered. I prayed a prayer and God answered. I prayed a prayer, and God answered. Boy, the more I prayed, the more God answered my for a season went by. And when I prayed, God would answer before I even get through praying. You know, the scripture says, before you get through praying, God will be already done did it. God would answer it before I did. I encourage whoever you is, trust your own faith. Trust your own prayer. If you're living right, then God going to answer your prayer. If you're living right now, you got to be living right now. If you just playing, 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 scout the fence now, then, then I can't help you on this here. you got to be living right. When you're living right and you're doing what God said, he said, withhold no good thing that walk up right before you. So if you're walking up right before God and look like your prayers ain't been out, keep on praying. And then believe God. Don't doubt him. So what? It looked like he didn't answer it right now. Say, God, I thank you. Say, I thank you that you hear my prayer, God. I thank you that you hear my prayer, God. Whatever you ask God to do, so I thank you that you hear my prayer, God. That woman did me a favor that day in that book. So ever since then, my life has changed. It has changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you mind praying for those who have been stagnated in their prayer and they doubt, you know, just a little bit, but they just want their prayer to go through? Because isn't there such a thing called agreement prayer? That if I agree with you in prayer, that if two would touch and agree? Yes. Could you pray for us, including myself, my family, as well as others, that what we have prayed for will come to pass? Yes, yes. Precious Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. But you give me the power and authority to decree a thing. So, God, I use that power and I use that, that authority to decree and agree with my brethren and my sisters who have been praying these prayers that look like healing ain't coming, look like the job ain't coming, look like the marriage ain't getting no better, uh, uh, look like the finance ain't getting no better, look like the children ain't straightening up, look like the, the supervisor ain't doing no better. I do know that you're not a lying God, and I agree with them, God, <laughs> that what you said will come to pass. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But two or more agree on any one thing. You said you would do it. You didn't say you would think about doing it. You said you would do it, God. So I agree with the radio world, whoever they may be out there that got a prayer up, got they got a prayer on the altar, and it looked like, it looked like the answer ain't going to come. God, in the name of Jesus, I agree with them that it be so, that every prayer that they have, God, that I agree with them, that it will come to pass. Their body be healed, their mind be regulated, their joy be restored, their backside will come out, the loss will be saved, their children be saved, the husband be saved, the wife be saved, uh, the healing will come in the family, and that, that peace will come on the job. I agree, God, right now in the name of Jesus, with them, God, that, that it might come to pass, that it will happen. It is going to happen. It is going to be so. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. Because there are young people who are looking for a job or looking for a job thing, a job change. There are those who are being persecuted and looking for deliverance. And there are those who just wait and trust in God to move in their life. We thank you so much. 
when the apostle uh, was giving us a wisdom gift and he was sharing the information that God has given him to give us, and God put in my spirit that we are to bless those that has blessed us. He has never asked for any money. He has never asked for a love offering. He has never asked for anything to come on this station. There are so many times, even my son said, Mommy, you never asked for money. You never asked for any tithes and offering. And he said, Why? I said, Because only God can touch a person's heart to give and to do what is right. The Lord put in my heart tonight that if you bless a prophet, you would get a prophet reward, that a prophet not only hears from God, have vision and sign from God, but can speak what thus said the Lord of hosts so that God will move upon his word. I'm asking you to take out your pencil or your pen, and I want you to write this down because I'm being obedient to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said that some of you, and you know who you are, he would like you to give a seed offering. And you know I don't do this. I've been on this radio over three years now. I may have done it one time. But it says to give a seed offering so there will be a turnaround in your finances, a turnaround in your marriage because it's an act of faith so that the cattle on a thousand hill can move. That I'm sure he did not ask for it. Apostle Lockamy did not ask for it. But I'm saying to you, Go to Cash App, whether it be five dollars, $5,000, $50, $500, even $0.05, to seed and to the man of God, to trust God at his word by faith and say, I'm standing in agreement with you that God will bless you, and I'm looking for a turnaround in my finances. God said when you bless a prophet, you get a prophet reward. So it is. Go to Cash App, dollar sign, Apostle, A-P-O-S-T-L-E, Lockamy, L-O-C-K-A-M-Y. Again, it's dollar sign, Apostle, Lockamy, dollar sign, A. Like Apple, P like Paul, O like other, S like streak, T like tree, L like ladder, E like eagle, lock of me, L like lock, L, O like other, C like cat, K like Katie, A like uh, Apple, M like Mary, and Y like yo yo. A possible. It says dollar sign apostle Lockamy. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. It's dollar sign, dollar sign pastor Lockamy. Oh, I thought it was apostle. So it's dollar no. sign pastor uh, Lockamy. Yes. Well, thank you so much because I would have seen it to the. I would have. Yeah, do, dollar sign pastor Lockamy. Dollar sign pastor P A S T O R. Yes. L-O-C-K-A-M-Y. And, again, the church is called the Burning Bush Non-Denominational Church of Deliverance. Again, that's the Burning Bush. And it's at 402 
13th Street, Irwin, North Carolina. That's 402 13th Street, Irwin, North Carolina. The zip is 28339-28339. If you would like to call him to invite him at your church or to have prayer or to speak with him, his number is 9106585206 Apostle Lockamy. The Lord spoke to me and said that you who are listening that it was put in your heart for you to give an offering. He wants He wants you to do that just a gift of faith. Just to say, God, I want to see it into the <laughs> He did not ask for anything. He did not ask for any of this, but bless others so that you could be blessed. We spend so much on uh, food, and we spend so much on going out to movies or to uh, baseball games, doing things that we want to do. Bless the servants of God. They said that you should bless others so that you can be blessed, and a servant is worthy of his high. God bless you again. Apostle Lockamy, would you like to close out and say anything else? No, I'm good. God bless you again. You have been listening to Apostle Alexander Lockamy on Thursday from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. That you who do not have a church, you can do tithe and offering with them. That those that want to see a turn. <laughs> Those who want to see a turnaround in their finances and their health, he said it himself that God has answered his prayer. This is a man of wisdom. God's favor and hand is upon his life. God bless you all. You have been listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer, and I present to you Apostle Alexander Lockamy. God bless you, Dad. God bless. God bless you all.
Wait a minute. Some of y'all been complaining. Some of y'all been mumbling. Some of y'all been grumbling. But you ought to thank God for bringing you this far. You ought to thank God for bringing you from a mighty long way. And you all right. And you all right. You ought to stand on your feet and praise the Lord. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.